because yes, we can all look good in a lot of things, but Martina and I want to know first and foremost, but where are you wearing that? Because we want it to really integrate into your life, into your daily life, into your vision that you're going to wear these pieces. This is your Badass Journey podcast. I am Kareen Walsh, serial entrepreneur, growth strategist, executive leadership coach, and best-selling author. Each week, I will bring you a guest or a thought that will help you align what you love with what you do in order to build that badass life and business you dream of. Welcome to another episode of your Badass Journey podcast. Today, I have Becky and Martina on the episode. These two are top personal styling team in New York, and they've been doing it for over a decade. They're two former models that refined their styling skills, working with some of the top leaders. And it's, it's amazing that they've attracted both men and women in order to bring the appropriate style they need to embody the power that these individuals want to have when they show up in any room. You know, sometimes we go through these stages of outgrowing what we've done or and and going into that next level, which you know I'm all about. I'm always sharing different ways to up level, right? Well, your wardrobe matters too. So I had to bring Becky and Martina onto the show to share not only how they build their business as best friends and partners in business, but really the impact that they see it having on people out there who are wanting to feel more empowered in how they dress and not quite sure where to start, but need a reliable team to lean on in order to make it happen. So I'm excited to share them with you today. And as always, if there is something that you gain as an aha moment, a a question you might have, feel free to reach out to us and and post um, and share this episode with others so they can benefit as well. You shouldn't be the only one up leveling in your community. So if that if these episodes are doing that for you, love that you share it with others and do not hesitate to tag me and or my guests in it so that we can share in the celebration and get any of those questions answered for you. Now let's jump into this episode so you can meet them. And I hope you I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I did. Welcome everybody to your Badass Journey podcast. Today I have Becky and Martina on the line. As you guys know, I love talking to partners in business, especially female partners in business, because I find their journey on how they found each other and how they work together and now able to share it with you is always inspirational for our listeners to just really absorb and get inspired to go after what it is they want. So welcome, Becky and Martina. Hi. Yeah. Love you, ladies. Love you, too. (laughs) So excited to be here. (laughs) Well, as you're having us. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. My pleasure. And and honestly, I know how busy um, you guys are today. So I want to make sure that we have a moment to share mainly your badass journeys, like separately, how you both met, and then how you decided to build your business together. So Becky, let's start. Okay, sure, sure, sure. Thank you, Karine, again for having us today. This is really exciting. 
So Martina and I are speaking from New York City today. We are at uh, an amazing um, all-female, what do you call it? A club, private club called The Wing. <laughs> so you're going to hear a little noise in the background, but I also just wanted to plug that because we love The Wing. It's a very, uh, you know, she power place to be. <laughs> so we're, uh, we're um, here today doing some work. So me, my name is Becky, uh, Becky Klein. And I met Martina, uh, we say 25 years ago, but we're not going to age ourselves more by adding the, the numbers <laughs> accurately, uh, 25 years ago, modeling in Paris. Uh, so we're former models. And that was kind of the beginning of my sort of, uh, you know, step out into the world from the small town I grew up in, in Florida. Um, I started modeling about the age of 18. I was in Paris around the age of 21. Uh, did all of the, you know, sort of great, you know, the magazines and the runway and um, had a really exciting career there. And I moved to New York City in the late 90s. <laughs> That's when Martina and I around the same time moved to New York. Uh, so I'm going to only give that snippet of myself up to the time I met Martina. Martina, do you want to talk a little bit about your uh, your upbringing uh, and where you yeah, came from just, how just you started? Yeah, just a few sentences. Uh, Martina, I grew up in Slovakia, a very, very small town. I had a zero, zero exposure to fashion. I was totally green when I left Slovakia in 1990. I was studying medicine and I knew nothing about clothes, fashion, beauty, makeup, none of that, right? I grew up with Nivea cream and, uh, you know, that was it. That's all we had. And uh, so then I left and I lived in Milan for like a few months. I started working I, rep- I was represented by elite model management. I won one of the contests and that's how I kind of, you know, um, left Slovakia. And yeah, and then I lived in Milan in Paris and Becky and I we met in Paris in 1992. We were super fortunate to go on some amazing trips together. That's where we really created that bond uh, that, you know, lasted all this time. So 1992, that's like 27 years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We are really aging ourselves. <laughs> that's okay. I mean, age is a number, you know, and it's like the, all the experience that we have under our belt and all the yeah. education we have in fashion, that's what counts. And that's what we kind of, uh, you know, that's where we drew our experience from and started our own business, you know, about 10 years ago. Uh, we absolutely loved, I think, being models at that time, you know, it was such a glamorous uh, job, you know, and as I said, you know, we've, we've learned a lot and uh, we had a really good education that we could put into a good use today. Uh, uh, exactly. So, um, Martina, you and I moved to New York City, what did I say, like around 94, 95, right? 1994, yeah. Uh, right. So, we continued of modeling in tandem in New York City. Martina met her husband. I met my husband. Martina had her first son. Uh, she continued modeling a little longer than me. I went back to Columbia University to study literature and writing. I was a journalist for a while. And then around the time that I had my first son, Martina had her second son. And uh, you know, as the story goes, we sort of created the business we're in today, pushing our strollers around our uh, respective neighborhoods. I was in Tribeca. She was Soho, and we were just kind of like going back and forth between the neighborhoods, and really suddenly immersed from this bubble that we call fashion, that really kind of keeps us almost in like a very isolated, insular world. Suddenly, we're in this world of New York City moms, and you know, we're really 
just sort of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? We're just immersed with like all of these amazing women in New York, you know, meeting them at drop-offs, at pickups. And we just kind of started looking around that time. And with the knowledge and experience we had with our fashion backgrounds, people were kind of a hot mess. (laughs) (laughs) And, and, you know, maybe us included, but it really was the deal pre-sweaty Betty days, pre-Lululemon, like people were really in there. Uh, what is that? There was, is that? There was not a lot of athleisure cuteness around the day. No, you know? no, 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 <laughs> exactly, exactly. So Martina and I kind of started our business to sort of help these women who were obviously really oversubscribed time-wise to sort of find themselves again, you know, to kind of find their... Uh, their voice again, their fashion, their fashion sense, their, you know, to kind of pull themselves together, get some time back to themselves. And so it was in 2009 that we were just saying, you know, let's start a a business, a personal styling business and just kind of help the women that are within arm's reach. Cut to 10 years later, our business really spans now the world of business, tech, finance, entertainment, we have a lot of people on camera. We uh, address celebrities. Uh, I'm really proud to say that we're 50% men and women now. So there's no one excluded from enjoying our talent. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, so if you go back to our roots of really just sort of helping people figure it out and find their voice and feel in their skin, it translates today to all of our, you know, all of our clients that are, that are really, um, you know, powerful voices in the world that don't, they don't have to think about this part of their life anymore and can really express themselves because they feel in their skin now. And, and we've helped them in that way. I think it's awesome. You know, both of you coming together, leveraging not only something you're passionate about, which is, you know, feeling good and what you're wearing and showing off, showing it off, you know, like we show up every day and we can easily be almost like passed over because it becomes passive and what we put on our bodies and like how Absolutely. we show up. And, and it's not necessarily like on, on brand for us, especially mm-hmm. different stages of our lives. So I'm curious regarding your approach and like how you onboard new clients. Could you share with our listeners what that process looks like or how you, how you help people find what really fits uh, their style, their their personal brand, you know, and how they show up daily, whether it's for a special event or I know you do something where you go into their closet. So tell folks a little bit about how you decided to really assist people in not feeling so overwhelmed when it comes to dressing themselves and actually feel more empowered by the work you're doing. So yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll talk a little bit about our process, you know, because we got that down to like a science now, you know? We ideally do start with every client in their closet. Obviously, we do have some clients that they come and shop to New York with us and they live, they come from elsewhere. So maybe that step is skipped. But closet is really the first step that we would like to take. We like to take with our clients, you know, because that's where we really uncover uh, a lot of, you know, the gems. That's where we get to talk to them. That's where we get to know them. Uh, we kind of discover their style or hear where they want to go with their style. Or what, how they're gonna, how they want to portray themselves, and uh, so we really try to gather as much information, not about, not only about their clothes, but really who this person is and where they want to go in their life. You know, a lot of these closet sessions, we actually spend more time 
talking to our clients than, you know, looking at the clothes, you know? And a lot of our clients, we always say, come to us when they in some some kind of a transition in their life, you know? So our first clients were the moms, you know? So that's like the lack of time and like change of body. Uh, but today we really have people that went through, they got married, they got divorced, they got, they lost weight, they gained weight, uh, they want to have a new job. And uh, so there is a lot of these transitions that we kind of deal with on a very emotional level with our clients, you know, so that's kind of the, the really most important first step that we take. And then uh, from that back, right, we, we kind of make a plan. Yeah, you know? from yeah, from there, um, Corinne, you know, the really, the really important part about unpacking all of this in the closet is we kind of, um, we kind of parse out in that session who, are, you know, what of these pieces represents who you are, uh, represents where you want to go, who you want to be. And, um, you know, the next step is shopping and shopping without a plan is just a bad idea. We always say this is where everybody, everybody gets in trouble. So we have a really airtight plan. When we head into the stores for a lot of reasons for one you know you really want to be uh, efficient with the client's time absolutely with the client's money and for every single piece that they bring home to be put to use towards this vision you know we always have this favorite line you know and this is where a lot of people get in trouble with with sales sales people i don't want to put them down there are a lot of amazing people out there that are very helpful in the stores but they don't always ask the question after they say you look gorgeous in that where are you wearing it because yes, we can all look good in a lot of things, but Martina and I want to know first and foremost, but where are you wearing that? Because we want it to really integrate into your life, into your daily life, into your vision, and that you're going to wear these pieces. And then there's a third leg to the process that some people take advantage of, some don't. But it's where, you know, us doing what we do, this is the outfit combination stage. And this is really a phase that can trip people up. You know, you can have a lot of beautiful clothes in your closet, but if you don't really understand how to put them together. So that can be like a third step of the process, especially if we, for our clients who are on camera, who are in front of audiences, who, you know, and, and, and not even that, just people who just have an everyday life and it's busy and it's packed and they don't want to have to think too much about what they're going to put on their bodies. We sort of create all the outfit combinations and in that process, teach them how to do the thing. So... That describes the head-to-tail process of kind of like our standard client. And in the middle of all of that, we have all kinds of people who are just coming to us for a fashion emergency, or like Martina said, they're in this really important transitional phase in their life and they need us to help them get from point A to point B. Yeah, it's really great because I I know we also go through those stages in our careers. I remember when, 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 when we met last and we were talking how you shared somebody, uh, one of your clients was, you know, transitioning into that next level in their career. And as you know, my podcast that, you know, attracts a lot of people through career transition. And from, from one of the things that I, I, I took away from our last conversation was, you know, there's this ability to have a third party like yourselves, like a service of, of care. That says, hey, you know, look at me now, and am I actually dressing myself for who I am today? Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm wondering if you could share a little bit of like some of the aha moments some of your clients have had by working with you, or like the the feedback you get once you're on the other side of 
of the service you provide. Obviously, you create longstanding clients. I know that. And um, but I'm just curious if there's something comes to mind where you could share the benefits of leveraging a service like yours. What have your clients been saying? Can we start with our favorite male client uh, story, Martina? And you uh-huh. can absolutely chime in first. Or, or did you have somebody... No, no, go, go. Talk no, about no, go. Uh, I mean, one of the people, Karine, that really touched our hearts, it was uh, somebody we'd never met, actually. And he was flying in from uh, Israel. And he was coming into New York City, moving to New York as a single dad with his two kids, um, entrepreneur, amazing, amazing startup that has since exploded. So he was kind of going from you know, kind of being a a techie to someone who uh, needed to go to some important meetings, uh, talk to investors, you know, be someone that, you know, people were were confident in investing in his ideas and his company. And he just so happened to be six foot, help me out here, Martina, six foot, four and... 200. I think, I think like close to 300 pounds. You close know? to 300 so, pounds. So you know? that so, comes like with own challenges, right? So that's like an almost an added challenge. And I think, you know, like he was really struggling. And yes, he was also wants to get dressed because he is a young guy, very dynamic, and he wanted to start dating. You know, he's been married for a while. And then so he went through a transition of like the divorce and he was hitting the dating scene. So that's how he kind of came up to us, I think. And he wanted his clothes to mirror this, like a great word, Martina, such a dynamic guy, really handsome, amazing energy. And when he sent us these pictures of himself from Israel, he was in head to toe, black, baggy, God knows what jeans, like the shoes just were sad and... Like nothing fits properly, oversized. Nothing you know? fits. And it had nothing, Kareem, to do with his with the money that he had. He just, he was covering up. You know, he was just covering up this body and didn't know how to embrace any of it. And this is really one of our favorite stories. And I wish I could show the viewers a before and after picture because in the end, we had him in these, and I'm going to use the word fitted, not skinny, but fitted jeans, clothes that fit. Yeah. And we took a hundred pounds off this guy straight away, just putting him in clothes that fit. We put him in these, you know, amazing dark denim jeans, custom fit blazer. So it wasn't, uh, you know, when you have a big, when you have a big man, you you know, everybody wants to put them in like a, a double long or whatever, because he was so tall. So we made sure his sports coat was a little bit shorter than you might expect it to be. So that it every like the proportions started to make sense, and then we kind of have this uh, trick, and and you know we are not getting any any kickback for saying this, but we're, we we would go to untuck it because untuck it is supposed to be like a short shorter top because the bigger the size, the longer all the shirts get. So he would just have his shirts down to his knees because he was a big man. Whereas so we got him some untuck it shirts. They could be the extra 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 large he needed. But then it hit right below his belt where a shirt should hit, you know, without needing to tailor and whatnot. Killer pair of like beautiful snakes, um, <laughs> sneakers and beautiful leather shoes. And one of his favorite parts of the story, the little detail he loves is he would sweat a lot and he would sweat even more when he would be on those dates and he would get nervous. So we invested in a beautiful handkerchief. He said, you know, he would pull these Kleenexes out of his pocket. And he'd <laughs> dampen his, you know, like mop his forehead. And he'd have Kleenex stuck to his forehead. And the day would be uncomfortable. 
And so we would have him buy these expensive, beautiful, intricate um, handkerchiefs. And it just changed his life. So now he felt really, you know, like he was, uh, like he owned his look. You know, it was thought out. It was intentional. His clothes fit now. And that's one of our favorite stories. He was really changed his life and he really was himself you know he suddenly like this this dynamic cheerful person re-emerged in front of our eyes and he was always there but somehow the clothes were not representing who he really was as a person and that's really i think our ultimate goal you know to to find a look for this person that reflects who they are you know because people address themselves for many reasons there is a lot of hurdles why you don't dress yourself as you should you know like people don't have the time or they don't have the knowledge or they think they don't have the money and they have to spend money or they have to reinvent their whole look you know so so there's a lot of hurdles that i think uh, men and women more women i think because it's a little bit more psychological on top of that all the physical factors that we face why is it hard for a lot of our clients to find their own style but so so ultimately i think and this is where you know becky and i we really take a great pride in how we approach our clients and we really listen to them and try to learn as much as we can about them so we can best kind of help them uh, you know feel themselves the best in their skin and obviously the clothes are part of it you know yeah, I think I love the story because, um, and I love that you picked one of your male clients uh, because it is a it's it's a challenge for all of us really to make sure that what we wear is actually truly representing who we are and making sure we feel empowered in our stance and and our clothes represent that you know and you can go through phases of true neglect like I definitely have had those phases for myself I know also. A lot of new parents go through it. Um, even mm-hmm. when you're going through a hard thing like a, a divorce or um, even a loss of a parent, like there's something about having an ease when you go into your closet and picking out something that says, this is what I want to represent myself as today. But imagine, listeners, if your closet was just full of things that you love to wear, you know, and, and not so much about the pain of selecting what to wear and knew that that represented you. And that's what I love about what Becky and Martina put out into the world is that they are helping uh, individuals identify their look, but also the ease of finding what fits best. My, my next question to you ladies, because you're both you know, powerful women in business, how has it been, you know, working as partners? You're obviously great friends. You've raised your kids now together. You know, you're husbands um, come together too. Like, tell me a little bit about where you are in business and what roles you each play and how you you challenge each other, but also how you balance each other out. Yeah. I mean, I, I want to start off by saying I have to say Martina and I have a very unique relationship. We're, we're often in awe of it. You know, we're very yin and yang. When we first started this business, Korean, 10 years ago, I think we just, maybe I was, I was almost more nervous than Martina about it because I was like, I hear this doesn't work well, friends going into business together. And I just kind of made a decision early on that if it was going to hurt our friendship at all, we would just dump the business because the friendship was too important. It has never, uh, never been an issue. And why? Um, you know, a lot of it comes naturally. So I can't say we've done anything 
you know, we've, we've had struggles that we you know, courageously push through because it does come so naturally to us. But I do want to say that it's been a template for other relationships in my life too. The ways that we do handle problems and work through hurdles when we hit them is, you know, Martina and I talk it out. We talk things out. We, um, if, you know, of course in, in 10 years, there's absolutely been moments when we haven't been on the same page with particular ideas or in the same place in our life or our visions maybe weren't the same. And I would have to say the number one, the number one thing that has really kept us together is our ability to communicate with one another and our ability and our willingness to hear the other person. Yeah. And, you know, I think we come from a really good place that we truly, truly love what we do. You know, we really love every aspect of the service. And yes, surely it can get like, stressful at times because you're working with people and different personalities and oftentimes we have uh, not oftentimes every time we have new person let's say every day so that's that's definitely adds sometimes uh, some stress you know because you have to navigate and and be kind of always on on your best behavior you know in front of the client so uh so but we both absolutely love and we check with, with each other, you know, do you still love what, what you do? Do you like get your, uh, you know, professional and personal satisfaction on, uh, from what you do, you know? And I think the answer is always yes. And our business evolves a lot and we do a lot of exciting things besides working with our clients. Um, so I think, you know, when, so we never really had that moment, like, oh, I'm done with this, or I'm, I'm not really completely satisfied professionally. Um, so that's never been an issue. Of course, we have, you know, slightly, and Becky would, you know, Becky is a very, better communicator than I am, you know, <laughs> so she is, uh, uh, I've learned, I think. So when I'm not satisfied now, I'll, I'm, I'm a little easier to talk about <laughs> But yeah, we communicate and we kind of, we know each other so well that even without like speaking the words, like we can read each other's faces, you know, like when she's pissed, I know when she's pissed and vice versa. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, I think, you know, we, we really, uh, first and foremost, best friends and uh, really as a business partner, so it's, it's it works for us, you know? Yeah. And, you know, I just want to say too, Queen, because not everybody is best friends who comes into business together. Um, some of our, I mean, we have two clients, Alexandra Wilkes Wilson and Alexis Maybank. I always have a hard time getting those two names out. Uh, they're great friends too. They created the Guilt Group and we've had some conversations with them too. They have a great book actually about their partnership. And where I kind of feel um, we parallel with, with what has made their business successful too is you know, we do, we have, we have meetings. We really have sit downs once, twice a year where we, where we ask each other and ourselves to really like soul search and uh, dig deep about where we want the business to go. We've, uh, there are two books that we've sort of utilized too, that have really helped our business. One is the E-Myth. The other one is Zimmerman's. I believe it's, I can't remember. I don't have the exact name in my, in my mind right now, but it's an amazing book on growing business. And uh, one of the exercises in there was for, you know, the two of us to really sit down and write independently and individually where we were in the business, where we wanted to go in one year and three years and five years. And then afterwards, sort of sit down and cross-reference and see, you know, make sure that we were on the same page together. You know, so even really being uh, close friends and like Martina says, we can often even read each other's minds, that can also get unhealthy. 
unless you're really, you know, able to communicate and yeah, and, and be intentional about mm-hmm. um, the things that you do. And also I have to say, so 10 years in, we're really at a place now uh, where in order to grow, we recognize that we need to surround ourselves. And somebody put it really well that we were speaking to about this today. We need to surround ourselves with people who are higher than us that can pull us up. Yeah. You know, we are often pulling people up who are coming to us. How did you start your business? How does it work so well? And we're looking for those components, be it a business coach, Kareem, like you, <laughs> or, yeah. you know, or seminars or, you know, things that can continually, as someone put it, with a business partner, you can always be inside the prescription bottle together. Mm-hmm. And not able to see from the outside what you need. So we're we're really at that point now where we almost feel like we've hit the ceiling for what we can do together with what we both bring to the table. Right. And um, not to digress, but I want to speak on that just for a moment. Yeah. Like we really do bring different things to the table. We always say we're very yin and yang. Um, you know, we always call me the CFO, and you know, and Martina. What are, what are your titles? Be like, I'm just. What are your titles you give yourself? We're both co-founders. I'm going to give myself a chief financial, not financial. You are the CFO. Chief fashion officer. Yes, yes. Yeah. So it's like I bring a lot of sort of the marketing and kind of the bigger picture. Martina is just has genius, genius style. I mean, she's really, you know, I always say she's like been at the helm of our company in terms of style and vision. And we're both, as she said earlier, so willing to learn from each other. You know, so we we continue to grow. But back to what I was saying a minute ago, now we're at that point though, where we need, we need other people to sort of step in to the places Mm -hmm. where we are weak. Yeah. I think, and you know, it's a great awareness to have. So what I love that you, you both touched on is it's communication first. You also said what, uh, prior is that when you started the business together as partners, that your friendship means the most. So if at any point anything were to strain you that you couldn't resolve, in your business that would start to affect your friendship, you would have to have that tough decision or, or conversation on, okay, is this now time to move on? And what's really great, because that was a guiding force, it actually forced you to have the hard conversations when you need to, in order to rein in the direction of what brings you joy in your business, making sure you're growing in the way that you want to. And now it sounds like after you've proven your model over and over again, your business is expanding. It's figuring out the gaps of operational leadership maybe, or you know, how do you both stay in your, your individual zone of genius to bring in the right other team members or even complementary services, whatever that looks mm-hmm. like to help you mm-hmm. grow. So I love that you're identifying that and you're at that stage right now in the journey because it just means you're going to be more open to see it as it shows up, which is really cool. And no, so absolutely, I appreciate you sharing that because so many partners in business stop talking. You know, they, 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 when, when they don't feel right, the shutdown occurs on one party and that shutdown on one party literally affects the growth of the whole business. And I, I always, cond- I always love to share that if you're not growing yourself as an individual, then your business stops growing too. 
And so it's right. beautiful that you're at the stage to be open to say, we need to find the up-leveling group to be a part of, to pull us up into the what's next or find that mm-hmm. business coach or even mm-hmm. the um, partnership coach or go into more conferences, seminars or whatever it looks like to figure out that expansion of what's next so that you can define the next level of your business. So it's really great that that you share that because I don't think our listeners hear it enough that this is a normal stage of any sort of growth in whether mm-hmm. it's in business or personally to assess like what are the needs and then who do we need to help us get there. Right, absolutely. And you know, I love that you say that too, Kareem, because it's like uh, not to be too cliche, but with every business, the sky is the limit. You know, it can grow and grow and grow. So you really have to, or Martina and I anyway, I can speak for us, we have to keep coming back around to we've doubled our business this year or we've tripled our business this year. Is this is this it? Is this enough? Do we want to be any bigger? Are we happy here? And the answer continues to come back. We want to keep going. We want to keep growing. So then the spotlight, and I'm sure this is the word that a lot of your listeners are going to identify with, scale, 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 scale. Mm-hmm. How does a small... How does a small business scale, especially um, one like ours that relies so much on our our talent specifically? You know, there was a yeah. time when we flirted with the idea of hiring, you know, a, a team, a, you know, a, a, an entire league of stylists, you know, to kind of go out and do what we do. But you know, that wasn't. It's not what our clients wanted. Yeah. Our, some of our clients get really upset when we're not both on the job, which you know, very yeah, often we have to. Yeah. I have to be with one client with our assistant. Martina has to be with another with their assistant. Some clients have to be happy about that. So yeah, we, we have to the really. For sure. They want. We sure did. <laughs> so yeah, but even yeah. that has a ceiling, we've realized. Even if yeah, we right. split and then yeah. quadruple ourselves, you know, even that has a ceiling. So we've had to really redefine and look at what does it mean to scale for us? Well, it's. But I mean. I mean, we have bigger okay. aspirations. So, you know, like we want to write a book, you know, we've been saying this for, uh, you know, because we work one on with, one-on-one with individuals, right? But like, how do you kind of get all that knowledge and all that information out to more people, you know? So what are the best avenues for us to do that, you know? So a book comes to mind, you know, because again, like we have so many stories and so many wonderful tips and, and just, you know, journeys that we've done in the last 10 years. So I think book was, uh, you know, what is something, something that keeps coming back to us. So I think we like, we literally have to sit We down. literally have to do that now. And of course there's and, the podcast, right? There's the podcast, yeah. there's the blog, there's these days, there's yeah. so many ways to reach the masses. There are courses, there are yeah. classes, there's online. But uh, this book that we are working on is really the one that's tugging at our, uh, tugging at us the strongest right now. Yeah, we also like to do um, speaking engagements. Becky is a little better at me than I am, but I like warmed up to the idea because she was like, "Okay, we have to do this," and I'm like, "Cold sweats are coming," you know. <laughs> okay, okay, I'll do it. <laughs> it's not definitely not not my most comfortable stage when I'm on the stage speaking to people. But we've done a few and it's always been an, a great success. You know, the companies that bring us to kind of talk to their employees about, you know, dress codes and uh, dressing to kind of best reflect who you are and um, be productive, uh, you know, at, at the workplace. 
And so it, that's obviously something that we would like to kind of pursue more. It's it, it's super exciting, and uh, I think a lot more and more of those opportunities are coming our way. Yeah, yeah. and you know, Corinne, whenever uh, small businesses get these opportunities, there's this whole you know there are these rabbit holes, right? That come yeah. up. Okay, now. We've been hired by, we were hired by Google to do a speaking engagement. That's where we were like, woo, we can do this. And then Diva Carl, and then Diva Sean brings us in. And then Kate Spade with United Women in Business brought us in. And so now you have to start looking at your ability to speak. And now you're looking at the National Speakers Association. And now you're buying books on that. And so it's like... (laughs) Yeah, you know, people yeah, in a small business, hole. Yeah. right? There are all these rabbit holes when you when you get in, you know, you find another, you know, because we are personal stylists, but then, oh, now we're speakers and ah, now we're writers and now, you yeah. know, and all of these of a business, yeah. Founders of a business. We have a podcast we're starting and yeah. all of these things, uh, again, this word rabbit hole of like, how do I get better at this? There's these. Yeah. So you do, we have, you know, this is another thing as a small business that I think people can identify with, we've had to really ask ourselves, what are, what are our priorities? Because you can become splintered and you can really, you can really we, we've experienced frustrations with becoming really diluted with like, okay, we're doing the podcast, but not so well because we're so busy with our clients and all the speaking engagements. But, you know, so we've had to choose to, and we call them our big rocks, you know, like what are the priorities? What are the ones that we're really going to, we're really going to focus on. So I think we've picked our top five. That was a great exercise. And I th- you're, you're nodding your head, Karine. You know about the top five, right? Tell us a little bit about that exercise. I'm sure yeah. you've done it with your clients. Well, I think prioritization is key in general. It's about what actually moves your business forward. Um, Correct, right. Prioritizing what your business goals are. But then as individuals, it's super important to say... What are the priorities that I need to focus on as an individual leader in my business to make sure that I am moving the lever towards what we're trying to achieve as a company? So right. you never want to see the, um, the individual goals as a, as a leader, a founder, and C-suite level person of your business. If your personal goals are in direct conflict with your, your, your business goals, like where you choose mm-hmm. to spend your time, how you want to spend your time, how you want to fill up your life, then that actually will shut things down. You won't see the progress that you're looking for. What's great about selecting a top five is that every then every single strategic initiative you choose to do and every single client you choose to bring in or every single um, activity you choose to say yes to must be aligned with one at least one of them. Mm. What's an issue with five? So five might even be too many. And I know that mm-hmm. this might be challenging, but it might need to be in the top three mm-hmm. and even shave mm-hmm. it down even tighter. Because even if you have five, you're going to end up starting to compete with yourself on what you say yes to and where you focus your time, especially if you don't quite yet have the full infrastructure in place to handle all five. Correct. So, right. so there's, there's a time frame and an assessment around like, what matters most. And I love that you know that what matters. So you came up with the top five. It's now what is it going to take to actually deliver across the top five to say where do you want to be spending your time against it? And then who do you need to fill in the gaps? Because it might you don't want to ever overstretch yourself in a way that everything 
crumbles. But I love that you're you're doing all this work. And I know that we're going to have more time together to dive into your business. And I'm very excited about that <laughs> when, we, when we're able to schedule that. Um, so that this way, we can find the right ways for you to maximize where you're spending your time as the creators and the service of your business. And then what, what needs to get built in order to give you to, the time freedom to live the life you want to have for working this hard. That's the other dilemma I always see right. with That's founders, right. right? It's like we want all the things and we want all the things right now. And then we realize doing all the things, we have no life anymore. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I know. it's, it's I really know. important for us to find that balance. Yeah. 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 I call it integration, actually. That's like, right. you know, because when we talk about balance, balance means there's a consistent trade-off. You know, you mm-hmm. have to let go right. of thing for the other thing to rise, and it's it and it's never it's almost like a defeated goal to say you're mm-hmm. trying to balance. So I always I always like to say integration because mm-hmm. what's great about why and also why I wanted to share you you both with my listeners is that you are both in a uh, you're creative leaders. You found partnership in each other. You've built a successful business model. You enjoy what you do um, and everything you're going after. And now you're at that point where, yeah, you want to scale it, but you also want to make sure you're doing it in a way that can maintain who you truly are in all that you do and not be the reason uh, or get in your own way of the expansion of your business. So you're at that lovely point of, yeah, I need a reflection. I need someone else to kind of give me ideas of how do we do this in an expansive way and stay aligned with who we truly are so that we continue that joy that we have when we show up for our clients, when we go into those speaking engagements and help other people have aha moments and how they dress and how they take care of themselves and how they show up in the world. It's it's really awesome um, to be talking to you at this stage of your business because then when we do a, a fast forward talk and and your podcast is out and you have all these other engagements to talk about and we go through our own strategy session together to figure out that expansive plan that we really then can have that discussion to say what were all the great things that we had to put in place in order to build the foundation to truly scale who we are and what we're doing in this world through our business. So it's really awesome. And I'm, I'm excited to share you both at this stage <laughs> of your business. Thank you, Karina. No, it's very hopeful. <laughs> it, is very, it is very exciting. And I also feel like um, this is a great time to... I know we have a time you know, block right now. You guys have to go off to your next meeting. So I don't want to keep you from that. And, and uh, I just want to thank you both uh, for joining me today and starting our discussion. This is just the beginning of our relationship. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you. Well, thank you for having us. That's uh, well, awesome. Yeah. Before I end though the episode, I always love to ask my guests, you know, what, uh, how do you define uh, what a badass is? So Becky, why don't you go first? For once, I'm going to say, Martina, you go first. <laughs> <laughs> Let me think about that. It's perfectly okay for you to just tell, say that, oh, Becky's a badass. Martina's a badass. That's how we do it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
I don't know. I think, you know, it's kind of it, not doing what you want to do. You know, obviously always have to be conscious of your environments and, and whatnot, you know, but I think to have the will and the drive to kind of follow your visions and passions and dreams and uh, have fun while you're doing it and while you're kind of respecting other people. I think that's kind of would be my quick definition for now. I'm going to say, Martina, you are a badass. <laughs> <laughs> that was a badass answer, baby. I'm going, I'm, what she said, what, what she said. You know, I love it. <laughs> well, thank you so much, ladies, for joining me today. I really appreciate you have, having you on the show. Thank you. Thank you, Karine. Thank you. Thank you for joining me today. Before you move on to the next episode, please post a review or share this episode with someone you think would appreciate it. Your feedback and support mean everything to me. For more information, check out yourbadassjourney.com or kareenwalsh.com. I truly believe everyone is capable of living a badass life. Thank you for listening. 